The Start On Demand. On demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC for Vacationing Brent McGarry and Loren McNabb. It's the start on demand for a Friday. We tried to have a little bit of fun and some seriousness. That is our favorite way to go. Mix in a little bit of the good and the bad. We were talking about the movies that age well. Loren watched E.T. with her kids last night and they loved it. So you gave us tons of feedback on the movies that have aged well for you. And of course, kids at the top of mind is the province of Manitoba announced its back to school program. Pros, cons, both sides of the discussion, whether you liked it or whether you didn't. This morning, today, on The Start On Demand, let's get right down to business. McNabb with you on a Friday morning. We are going to have lots of fun today, but the conversation around the school reopening plan will dominate uh, the news side of our discussions today. We will also go to Red Lake, Ontario. Forest fires there have displaced uh, many folks in that part of northwestern Ontario. We'll get an update on that because, uh, Loren, there are lots of people in Winnipeg with ties Mm -hmm. to that part of northwestern Ontario, Dryden, I know several people from that part of the world that live in Winnipeg now, and so they're going to have friends, family, relatives of uh, uh, different uh, different sorts that may be affected by that. So we'll give you an update uh, just before 8 o'clock. And we also want to hear from you, which movies at 204-780-6868 have stood the test of time? Maybe you've shown them to your kids, you've watched them with your kids, and you've been pleasantly surprised at how well received they've been in your home or just how much you've watched it or enjoyed watching it a second time, maybe 30, 35, 38 years 38 removed years. from its release. Last night watched a movie 38 years after its release and loved it. I will. I might watch it again this weekend. I loved it that much. So I'll reveal what that is in Having Coffee Talking and then we'll hear from Jeff and Jeff and Kelly and yourself about movies you've watched again that you couldn't believe how good they still were or... Watched again and thought, oh boy, this is this is this is a dud. Especially when it's kids and you're trying to say to them, trust me, you're gonna love this, and you get halfway through and you're like, never mind, this is no good. So that's six forty-five. You're teasing a lot of things here because we don't know what movie you're talking nope. about, and then you have a story after seven o'clock that I'm dying to hear. Well, I think as I keep saying, we all imagine what it would like be like to win the lottery, and usually that's a fleeting moment. You might have a conversation with your partner, or you make a list yourself, like I'd give money to this person. But our 707 guest spent a full day this week imagining the possibilities because he was getting calls from friends, his boss, family saying, dude, you won. You have won. (laughs) So we'll chat with him at 707. But right now, as you mentioned, Greg, on top of mind for so many kids and adults who might be heading to post-secondary schools in the fall, we now know the elementary and high school plan as it stands right now. The Manitoba government says face masks will be 
strongly recommended but not mandatory for students and staff returning to school amid the novel coronavirus pandemic this fall. The province's education minister and chief medical officer of health released further details on plans for students to return to the classroom yesterday as 25 new lab confirmed and probable cases of the virus were reported across the province. Like most of 2020, things will be different when kids head back to school on September 8th. Grades uh, 5 uh, to 12, uh, mask use is going to be strongly recommended. Strongly recommended, but not mandated yet. And for those under the age of 10, it's encouraged. So at this point, we're, uh, we're strongly recommending it. And um, like in the past, we expect Manitobans to follow our recommendations. The province will also provide PPE to schools, which it anticipates will cost millions of dollars. There are uh, costs that are uh, necessary to incur and that there's agreement that it's, uh, it's needed for protecting students will incur those costs. But there are other precautions being taken. Start and end times will be staggered, along with recess and lunch to allow for better physical distancing. If a COVID-19 case is detected, school closures will be a last resort. The areas of school where exposures took place will be cleaned and disinfected, and those areas will not be used again until it's determined safe uh, to do so. School communities will be notified uh, when a child in their school has a confirmed case. The province says distance learning resources will be provided for students who are self-isolating or immune compromised, but not for parents who simply aren't comfortable with in-class learning. There are different options, and so parents can access the public school system, they can access the independent school system, they can access the homeschooling system. Um, I think uh, last year approximately 4,000 students uh, were homeschooled in, in the traditional way of homeschooling. The province says each school division will release its own plans next week. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. So as Brittany mentioned, Loren, students will return on September 8th with teachers and staff returning September 2nd to get ready for classes. On the mask question, the province has said that younger students can also use non-medical masks if they or their parents or caregivers want to. But masks should not be worn by anyone who's unable to remove them without help or by anyone with breathing difficulties. As we mentioned, the plan, are, as far as mask use is concerned, it's not being mandated. The language is that it's strongly recommended. So Education Minister, Health Gertzen, Education Minister Calvin Gertzen was on the news with Richard and Julie yesterday, and they asked the question, could an individual school division decide to make the mandatory? So that is not... Um uh, how this would proceed. So the individual divisions, and we've been working very closely with the divisions. They've been at the table through the Manitoba Association of School Boards. Uh, every day they've been meeting and working through uh, this uh, recommendation, so it wouldn't have been a surprise to them. But we need to ensure that there's consistency when it comes to public health advice. So we listen to the public health officials who not only have the health expertise, but then the Manitoba context. How does that apply in Manitoba? But they want that to be then consistent uh, as much as possible across the province. And so uh, we are striving for consistency. So divisions uh, would be asked to follow the public health advice as described. So the health minister there, or the education minister there, Kelvin Gertzen, the former health minister, talking about uh, masks and why they haven't mandated them. But this feels loosey-goosey to 
some people. It feels loosey-goosey to me. If they're recommended, they're recommended for a reason, because health officials believe they work and that they aid in reducing the spread of COVID-19. Why wouldn't we make these masks mandatory? Walmart, of all places, Loren, as of Wednesday, made it mandatory for you to wear a mask if you visit their their business. And let's face it, they probably had a lot of consternation sitting around the boardroom tables making a decision to bring in mandatory masks with the idea, the notion, the possibility that people may decide not to shop in their store because they are making that decision because we know there are people who feel very strongly about not wearing masks. And here we are. We have more active cases in this pandemic than at any other time here in our province. 25 new cases yesterday. Just uh, for uh, comparison, Ontario had 78 new cases with 10 times the population. And businesses have these really strict rules. We're seeing at uh, globalnews.ca a restaurant that's been fined now four times, over $2,500 each time for not physical distancing or providing the the proper facilities for their customers, for their staff to maintain that physical distance. And now for schools, two meters is recommended. If you can't do two meters, one is okay. It just feels as though do the best you can. But that's all they can do. Like what, what, if we're going to open, unless there's a cash injection and suddenly, you know, 24-hour construction at schools to provide more space, which is never going to happen. Hundreds of millions of dollars would be needed to create enough space in most schools to allow for that two meters. There are other facilities in the community, though, that could be used. And and Wab Canoe said this yesterday, and it's not a brand new suggestion. Others have suggested there are community centers, there are churches, there are other recreation centers that the cost, could be used. The, the cost of busing, getting kids there, teachers, moving things around, putting so up So what's walls, our priority portables. here? Well, there has to be, there just, it's, it, to me, this is more of a compromise. This is how we're going to go forward right now. And potentially that could change, but this is where we're going. On the mask question, I would have preferred, as I said earlier, a mandated because the strong recommendation is basically saying do it or else, but there is no or else because there is no fine. So that to me I, as a parent, I would have preferred a strong mandated line because that makes it easier to follow. But on the distancing, it's 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 not impossible. You're right. There are other options. They're not plausible with three weeks left to go to school. Well, we've had six months to figure this out since the kids left school in March. And this this none of these things are brand new. In terms of what we believe works and keeping people safe, we've mandated so many things for business. And I'm a fan of consistent messaging. And this feels inconsistent with the message we've had with regard to every other process, procedure, and the way businesses operate for the last five months. Two opposing texts here. Adam says he's happy with the plan. He says we're not giving enough credit to kids They're smarter than you think. Both of his have been taught how to wear their masks and put them on when people get close. Whereas Joanne texts to say, children don't have to go to Walmart. They are, technically, they have to go to school. They will be pulling them off, pulling them down, picking their noses underneath, on and on and on, she writes. As a complete aside to that, you know how many pyramids I go through in a year with two young kids? Stock up on masks is your advice. Tea. Oh, 
night. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. Ah, that you, Steven Spielberg. I, I, doesn't that music just make your heart soar? <laughs> It's an amazing movie. 38 years later. So last night, kids say, can we watch a movie, family movie? We had been out all day, lots of activity going on. The answer was yes. They couldn't agree on anything. So I said, I'm picking. And this popped up on our Netflix. And I thought, yes, trust me. And I cannot tell you how often I was fist pumping in the air. The kids were smiling. They were stressed. E.T. was going to die. How are the bikes flying in the air? Bike gang! It was so good that I wanted to talk this morning about movies that you've gone back, revisited. That one, as you said, 1982. And hot damn if it didn't stand the test of time. Oh, it's, a, it's a wonderful movie, isn't it, Kelly? Oh, absolutely. And Loren, without a word of a lie, my wife just uh, played this movie for her daycare kids either yesterday or the day before. Normally, they never watch an entire movie. <sighs> They were glued to E.T. start to finish. So that's uh, that's really cool. Uh, back when my kids were just little, well, even our youngest daughter, she was just a baby. This was the movie they always went to. You're up to see the wizard, the and just a quick backstory our oldest daughter there's about three and a half years between our kids our oldest daughter just had an incredible vivid imagination so she would always play wizard of oz her younger sister chelsea was the little munchkin <laughs> uh, my wife karen was auntie m i was uncle henry so there's one night my wife's in the chair feeding the baby in the corner of the living room our daughter our oldest daughter's behind the green chair and she's gone into the shelter because the storm's coming so she's going auntie m auntie m hurry hurry and then uh, auntie m says well where's uncle henry and <laughs> Without a word of lie, without hesitation, he's in Seattle doing the hockey game. (laughs) (laughs) Great story. Oh, that's good, Kelly. Great memories there. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. I enjoyed it, but it just—it always felt too long to me. Yeah, it it is a longer movie for sure. But I'll tell you, Greg, the 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 amount of times we played. Wizard of Oz with our daughters, whether we were going for a walk to the park or, or wherever, it was incredible the impact that movie had on their lives. Well, thanks for sharing those memories with us, Kelly. How about you, Jeff Forche? I know you don't have kids, but are there movie? is there a movie that you go back to and go, oh, this was just as good as the first time I saw it, maybe even better? Um, I'm going to have to say... Jurassic Park. Wait, wait. Here comes the line. They're moving in herds. They do move in herds. They sure do. <laughs> I I have to say that's another one. It's so funny that you play that. I think there's so many people because of being in our homes without a lot going on have just revisited so many films. And we did the whole trilogy, I think, a couple times. Or is there four? 
There's only one bad one. The, I think the second one was horrific, or maybe the yeah, third. Yeah, well, there's three, uh, yeah. like, of the, the classic ones, and then they have the two Jurassic Worlds now. Right. There's there's one that was bad in there, as far as I'm concerned, but the first one is still amazing. Oh, it, yeah. It, even, even just seeing those brontosauruses or whatever. It brought the dinosaurs alive, like, it, it was crazy. That was 93? Ninety-three. That's the funny part about some of these. You can watch some movies in the CG effects or mm-hmm. the characters. Just you look at it and you think, no, it's so obvious how bad that is. Jurassic Park was pretty impressive for 1992. E.T. is a character. Like my son, because he's so used to cartoons and Avengers and that kind of thing now, was like, how did they make E.T.? Like, is he real? How did they do that? Because he's, <laughs> he was still looked so good, Greg. Well, yeah, he had to be a puppet or, or so, like he's a physical being. There, there was no such thing as CGI to that extent with – you couldn't create a, a character. They weren't working on a green screen. They were actually working with some version of E.T. I didn't pull – I did not pull the clip uh, for this because we're, we're out of time here. But uh, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, when you talk about uh, technology and how far it's come, when you go back to the original Star Wars, it's just – Absolutely phenomenal. 204-780-6868. The movies that you could watch over and over again. The ones that age so well. I cannot wait to hear this story. I think it's safe to say that most of us at one point in our life have imagined winning the lottery or a big prize or even when you're scanning that lottery ticket thinking about, oh, what if it what if, what if it's a big winner just for a moment in time or maybe even just while you're rolling up your rim to go, can I win just something here? Yeah. Imagining either the car or a donut or something in between. Right. And usually that's a couple seconds of a thrill or maybe a few minutes as you get going. But how close have any of you come to becoming a millionaire? Our next guest went on a real roller coaster of a journey this week. His name is Mark Miller. And that's name is important because that's what got everything rolling earlier this week. And he joins us now. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Okay, so take us through this. I think your emotional journey started with a phone call. Is that right? Absolutely. Like, just for starters, I was already having a pretty bad day, so it's already pretty funny right there. But I got a phone call from my uh, someone that I work with, and he said, this is kind of a weird question, but did you buy a St. Boniface lottery ticket? And I said, absolutely not, because <laughs> I, was, I was sure that I didn't. But he said, maybe you should triple check because uh, Mark Miller from Winnipeg, Manitoba won the grand prize. So at that point, I just knew that I had to find out that that wasn't me. I just couldn't carry on with my day until uh, until I knew that that wasn't me. Um, I knew the only people that would have bought me a ticket were my parents. So basically, uh, I just couldn't carry on with my day until I knew that someone didn't buy me a ticket. So basically, I was just calling my brother and my sister, and I uh, just had to find out from my parents, like just just to make sure that they didn't buy me a ticket. But basically, there was a full six hours there where I was pretty sure that that was probably me. So your mom didn't answer the phone for six hours. What was going on there? I just gave her a call, uh, like pretty much right when the, uh, someone from work called me, and they didn't answer. I was assuming that maybe they were putting up the banners or something. But... <laughs> 
This is great. Definitely wasn't me, for sure. <laughs> well, and I, we're, we're deriving a lot of uh, joy from you telling your, your, your tale of woe here. So apologies for that uh, as, we, uh, as we walk through this. So tell us, I, I got to know, I got to know, what is going on in your head through all this, Mark? Well, I guess two things came to mind. First were, who bought me a ticket? And second, what what's going on? You know, I basically just had to find out uh, if that was me or not. Like, I didn't know that there were uh, more than one Mark Millers in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So for a while there, I was pretty sure that was me. Were you spending the money in your head? Were you were making plans? Were you going back and forth between, yeah, you know what, uh, this would be great, or what am I going to do? Do I need to get an accountant? I, I, I'm fascinated to know what sort of plans you were making in your head. Well, I was definitely in shock. I kept dropping everything that I touched. I was shaking my keys, and I pretty much, like I said, I couldn't carry on with my day until I knew that that wasn't me. Um in a way, though, I'm pretty lucky because if that was me, I probably would have ended up in the exact same hospital, either from shock or some horrible accident. So. <laughs> or spending the money badly because if, just for our listeners, if they don't know, the Tri-Hospital Lottery win. And by the way, I'm looking at the website. It does say Mark Miller did win $1.5 million package, either the home, the cottage, or $1.2 million in cash. So mm-hmm. it'd be hard not to think that might be mine. So in yeah. the, at the end of the day... Are you disappointed? No, I'm, I'm pretty happy, to be honest with you. Like, I'm saving up to put a down payment on my first home, and I think it would be more satisfying to, to use money that I saved. But obviously, I wish that money was mine. Like, I was pretty, dis- pretty disappointed that I didn't win. <laughs> Are you going to buy a ticket next time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I could not, right? Like, if all the Mark Millers are winning, uh, I might as well put my money down. <laughs> Well, I always say when I'm doing the promo spots, you can't win without a ticket. Mark Miller, you just highlighted that. And uh, for a few hours, you were wondering, had I actually bought a ticket? Had somebody purchased it for me? This is absolutely a a wonderful story with, uh, I would say, a a happy ending overall. Mark, can can we phrase it that way? Absolutely. You know, I think people are still congratulating my mom for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that a lot of people still think that I actually won. So I'm a little bit uncomfortable with people thinking that I have that much money. But at the same time, I'm happy to go through the experience. (laughs) You don't have to put up with the, can I get a loan, Mark? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The temporary millionaire, Mark Miller, joining us this morning. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for uh, sharing this story and uh, telling it uh, in such an entertaining fashion. Uh, uh, Hats off to you, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. you. The Mark Miller who did not win the grand prize in the Tri-Hospital Dream Lottery. If the other Mark Miller is out there and wants to give us a shout, feel free. Give us a call. (laughs) The school reopening plan. How do you feel about it? Loren and I have had our say. The government has had their say. Calvin Gertzen's had his say, Dr. Rusin. But we want to hear from you in your own voice, 204-780-6868. And also with regard to the kids, we've been talking about some of the movies that have aged so incredibly well, the ones that we want to share with our kids and that we can sit down with our kids and you go, yeah, it's still good. Loren watched E.T. with yes, her kids. Yes, I did. How many years after it was released? 38 years, Yikes. and it was still amazing. I was telling you how I was off the couch pumping my fist in the air as those bikes fled 
the police into the air to bring E.T. home. E.T. photo. So that had other listeners making some suggestions of movies that stand the test of time. Yeah, baby. Are my boys ready for this, Loren? Stand by me. I think the only thing... It depends, because it is a bit darker. And it is a coming-of-age film, though, which is nice for teenagers. I'm not sure I want my my children... I, I want them to experience stuff. I'm not sure... I want them dreaming of going on an adventure like this. Especially with those leeches. That's the scene that stands out for me. Is that the one? Yeah, leeches. When he gets that leech on the nether regions, that's a lot to take in. Keep those uh, movies coming. 780-6868 on the text message machine. Our good friend Don uh, says he watches Hunt for Red October once a month. It's a terrific movie. It is a good movie. And I would watch that with my kids. 204-780-6868. We want to hear from you on the province's reopening plan for schools. We want to hear your takes. We want to hear them in your own voice. Your text messages have been outstanding. And uh, have you got anything that we can read while we wait to bring yeah, a couple and, callers and on There's here? a couple that I'd like to read because I think that, you know, it kind of depends on where you're coming from, right? People are, if you, you're, what age your kid's at. If they're in high school, there's different rules for the high school kids versus the elementary school kids. So that's always challenging. There's the mask question, right? I mean, if you're over 10 or grade five and up, you're going to be wearing a mask, maybe, because it's only strongly recommended, not mandated. So there's some questions around that. And then there's the question of putting the faith in your kids. So Adam texted, good morning to start. I'm actually getting a little annoyed about all the people whining. I understand some parents don't like the return to school program. I didn't like that the kids had to stop school. So it's never going to please everybody, he writes. Adam says, I'm very happy with what the province is planning. My wife and I are not worried about our two kids, eight and six. The school plan will evolve, he writes, as the days go by. Then he adds, parents need to give their kids more credit. They're smarter than you think. Both of ours have masks and have been taught to put them on when people get too close. If you don't like the rules, you can keep your kids at home. You can. You're not supposed to. You're not able to, potentially either, because of your jobs. Lots of parents are returning back to work. So that was Adam texting in. One of many texts we got this morning. We now have a listener. Uh... With their thoughts, Greg. Good morning, James. Thanks for taking time. I understand you have two children in the school system. What's your take? Uh, well, right now, um, I've got a daughter that's going into grade 11, a son that's going into grade 1. Uh, as for elementary school, it's going to be physically impossible for social distancing for the elementary school kids. It's just not going to be there. Uh, and Like with uh, regards to the... Uh, uh, online learning that happened when school shut down. Most elementary school kids, they didn't really learn. It was an app program that was not really viable for educational purposes. So uh, the back-to-school program, I think, is a good good process, and it needs to evolve a little bit more as we progress through the school year. But you're good with them going to school. You want them to go. Oh, for sure. I mean, my, my son, needs they need to learn. And, I mean, they're learning at home. It isn't possible. They need to differentiate between school and home. Because right now, at home, that's where play is. That's where the animals are. That's where mom and dad are. It's it's not a school environment. Learning is is virtually impossible. 
And, and James, I find my kids, as much as they love me and I love them, there are certain things that are it's much better for another adult to take on, whether it's coaching them baseball, basketball, volleyball, their music. I don't do that stuff because I'm not an expert in that. And trying to teach them math and other subjects has caused friction between my kids and myself. Oh, guaranteed. I work full time and my wife luckily was able to uh, remote work and trying to remote work and teach uh, kindergarten or grade one throughout the day was an exorbitant amount of stress, especially since she is in the uh, social work industry. This has been a, an insightful conversation. James, sorry we can limit it to just a couple of minutes, but we appreciate you listening and taking time to share your views. Have a great day. Thanks very much. You too. I think that's a, a great take from uh, from James. And there's wanting to send their kids to school, and then there's having to send your kids to school. Dave just texted right now, we are both frontline workers. We have been working this entire time. It's been stressful looking for children and also hard on the kids. We have no choice but to believe in the province and what they're doing. It's all fine and dandy to criticize the plan when you can keep the kids home and stay at home. Not an option for us. We are not teachers either who can teach the curriculum. Not an option for a lot of people. I get that. I'm curious to know who's making that choice now. If you can make the choice, are you keeping them home? Are they going? And has anyone asked the kids what they think? Life is grand. It's great. That's what we do. That's why we make a great team. I'm Greg Mackling. She's Loren McNabb. And uh, Brett McGarry will rejoin us a week Monday. We've decided that... One week off is not enough for Brett. He needs to get two weeks off straight. It'd be really good for him. Lots of conversation, of course, around the back to school plan announced by the province yesterday. And Loren, we like to talk about things, talk things out. We do it before we come on the air this morning. You had one opinion on the back to school opening plan. I have mine. We discussed it. And one of our listeners brought up a really good point, the idea that you might have different philosophies between parents. Right. Mom, dad, mom and mom, dad and yeah. dad, whatever the situation is in your house. He texted to say, Ari, the back to school, there's another dynamic where spouses disagree. I feel my kids should stay home. My wife wants them to go back. Puts another stress in your life. And that's fair. We had lots of conversations in our house over the past five months of, okay, so we've loosened some restrictions. Are we ready to uh, travel? No, we're not leaving the province. Are we ready to let the kids have some friends over? Not yet. Outside, not inside. Then when does it become inside? When do they start to gain to do more things together? What about visits to family, right? There's layers of it and not always along the way where we always on the same page. The school is a huge one. So if you're in the house where you're disagreeing as to whether or not to send your kid back to school, Boy, that's a really tough one because you know, on one hand, you both probably agree that they need school, I would think. But after that, there's the health equation. There's wondering what the stress might be and all the rest. Who's taking on what in the event that there is no school and and all the, the different uh, dynamics at play. So keep your text messages com coming. They're absolutely terrific. Uh, whether we agree or not, uh, it's the discussion that we're here for so that we can find some common ground. Or maybe we don't find common ground, but it's an opportunity for you to express your opinion. Now, Loren, we are brand new to the East Exchange. We're at the North west corner at 201 Portage of Portage in Maine and one of my favorite things one of your favorite things is to look down on the west exchange it's absolutely incredible buildings of course 
But the things that businesses in this part of the city are doing to evolve and to change in these COVID times have inspired us from day one since our first conversation with the King's Head. And now a group of restaurants has gotten together with the exchange area biz to uh, change things up again and to, to find some more innovation well, the patio is a big part of the equation for restaurants, right? You might not have had one before, and then you got a temporary license sure. to get one, or it doesn't work for the space you're at, but you know people would prefer sitting outside, or maybe you just offer takeout, but you want to get in the game, right? People love to be outside. I think the patio, patio season, not summer, it's patio season for so many people because they love sitting on the patio. Great point. David Pensant is in, with the Exchange District, and sorry, David, I'm just right live here. Say your last name for me again. It's Pensato. I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I've spelt something wrong on my sheet. Pensato. <laughs> Apologies, David. That's all right. Let's uh, start with what's going on because bringing people back down to the exchange is an important part of that return or that return to normal or a new normal. Now you're trying to do it with a pretty unique idea. Walk us through it. Yeah. So um, like you said, you know, there's actually we do have a lot of patios in the exchange district already during normal times, but uh, with capacity and everybody being... Uh, you know, as you know, the restaurants in the Exchange District have been innovative, and they've been very careful about keeping their customers safe. So they're being very careful with their patio space too. There's a, you know, the tables are very spread out, and so their capacity is quite minimal. A lot of them are are full <laughs> a lot of the time. So we wanted to give uh, additional space for them and for people that are coming down that feel safer being outdoors. Um, and and like you said, to provide opportunities for the restaurants that may not have a patio or can't have a patio. So we worked with uh, with a number of the area restaurants to develop this concept at uh, Bijou Park, which is the little pocket park between our office and um, the Red River College Culinary Arts School. Another way of thinking of it is it's between Main Street and the Cube. Uh, most people, uh, you know, don't really notice it because you just sort of pass through, but it's actually a really beautiful little cobblestone park with lots of trees. And so we've set up a patio there. Yeah, if you go to the Fringe Festival, David, I think that's where the marketplace is sort of set up, right? Some of the vendors will use that space as a, as a market area. That's right. Sometimes the kids' fringe stuff is set up there. But, uh, yeah, that's the space. It's a, it's a fantastic part of the city, and we're so uh, grateful to be a part of the neighborhood now. And so when you think about this innovation, a, a lot of time there's competition amongst businesses, but we've seen with the Academy uh, Road Biz and a lot of the biz uh, groups in our community, they realize there's strength in numbers. There's uh, there's um, positivity and a benefit of working together, which is what's happening here. Exactly. And in fact, that's the that's basically the philosophy of what, what business improvement zones are all about in, in Winnipeg and across North America. Uh, the idea is that all the, the businesses pool their resources together and and work to make the neighborhood a better place uh, with the understanding that being community-minded and making the neighborhood better is ultimately good for business. So, I mean, the innovative thing that we've done here is, you know, rather than just, we could have just done a beer garden if we wanted, we were looking to make money. Um, but but the main thing was to work with the, the area of businesses, the restaurants, and we've come up with sort of an innovative way where uh, people can come into the patio, they can uh, use their smartphone, scan a QR code, and then they can order from the menu of a number of different participating restaurants. And then we send somebody out, they run out and get the food and bring it to your table. One of the reasons I was most excited to see this idea, David, is that when I was moving back downtown, because I spent uh, eight years at Portage in Maine for the television side of things, was right. Bodegos. 
yeah. I think I was in bodegas. They got to know me by name, and they chicken got chicken fingers or oh, so. Oh, the chicken good. fingers were good, but the salads, like the and he uh, he would always say, Loren, can you try something new? Like you know, because I got so addicted to some of their dishes, and so they're on the list. Who else is it? Uh, currently, we've got them. We've got Peasant Cookery, we've got Shawarma Con, and uh, King and Bannatine, and the King's Head. Um, and we've probably got another, yeah, I'm going to say we're going to get close to a dozen by the middle of next week with people that are in queue and, and just sort of getting themselves set up. Well, I think, you know, once you build it, they will come might be the idea there because people can see the success. What are the hours it can, you know, because different these different restaurants offer different dishes at different times. Exactly. So um, we are... Uh, Monday to Saturday, 11 till 11. Nice and simple. Wow, got 11. How many seats have you got? And can I have a glass of wine? Can I have a beer? You can. We are, uh, you know, we're... I'm out the door uh, already. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the rain, I think, is going to hold us off today. Rain and, uh, would not stop yeah, us. We, we are, of course, you know, the, the Exchange District has, you know, fantastic restaurants. We also have two of the city's best uh, brewers. So we've got Little Brown Jug and Nonsuch Beer on tap. And we're working with Patent 5 to develop a, a sort of a simple cocktail uh, to be added to the menu soon. And then we do have wine, and we do have um, a, a locally produced cider as well. As always with these kinds of interviews, I'm already on the menus looking for what I'll order. <laughs> Love that. David Pensato, Exchange District Biz, thanks for uh, making a visit with us this morning, and we look forward to a, a long relationship uh, here in the heart of the downtown uh, with you and the Exchange Area Biz. Congratulations on this uh, absolutely innovative way to to capture the imaginations of Winnipeggers who, who just love their their culinary uh, the destinations. Thank you so much, and welcome to the neighborhood. Great to be here. David Penzato, one more time. I'm trying to give you the lay of the land here a little bit. We've got our studio. We mentioned yesterday that in the past we used to be able to see Jeff Forche through bulletproof glass. He was basically in an aquarium. <laughs> now we have to look at his beautiful smiling face on a television, but through the aquarium window of the news booth, Whose smiling face do we see this morning? I, from where I sit, I can't, you can't see, see her. You can to give the more... Wait, lean, lean over. Yeah, there you go. But I'm like, I, my monitors are in the way. Gabrielle Marchand, Global News Morning anchor in the news booth for us because we've started a weekly segment with uh, Gabby on uh, everything and anything we all want to talk about. She's a lovely person, always smiling in the morning. I should ask you, Gabby, do people, am I, can I call you Gabby? How close do we have to be before that starts? You know what? Everyone calls me Gabby. I mean, I am coincidentally quite chatty, maybe overly so, but if you call me Gabrielle, I might not respond immediately. You know when you never use your full name, you sort of forget what it is. That sounds ridiculous, but you you'll say Gabrielle, and unless you say it with a stern voice, yes. like you're my mom or dad, like Gabrielle, I won't respond. We were near with some of the boys' friends the other day, and they were they were all playing in this playground. And uh, my son needs his EpiPen, and so I was holding it, and I yell out his full name, and then his buddy's like. Sorry, who is that? I was like, it's your best friend since birth. And he's like, that's his real name? And I thought, oh, God, same kind of idea, right? Like, the now, truth did comes you, out. Did you go full on with the middle name? No, I rarely do that. Lots of people do. Because, he, you know, it depends on the name. His oldest brother gets the middle name. Mm -hmm. The younger, because he has more of a nickname. Oh, the way it flows. Right? The full name comes out when you're mad. Okay, that makes sense. Did you get the Gabrielle insert middle name here? No, just the first and last name. But I do love it when people do that, especially if they have a really epic 
name, you yes. know, like a Vaughn or a, or if you have a junior or a senior to really give it that punch. Like if your name sounds like you should be starring in a movie, I want to hear it in full all the time. <laughs> I worked with a guy, his middle name was Jesus. Um, what? And he was from South America. And so it was kind of more how it went there. And so I, once I discovered that, like his whole name was beautiful the way it rolled off the tongue. And I just had to do the whole thing. Um, yeah, because you're right. It works. Some people, it just works. Well, my cousin is married to uh, a Mexican and they live in Mexico and you have to use your full name because there are only so many name combinations in his small town. He says, if you don't use your middle well, name, you you're going to get arrested yeah. for something because inevitably there's either someone who's won the lottery with your name as we had with Mark Miller, but most likely somebody that's in trouble and you don't want to be mistaken for the person that's in trouble. So I'm sure that's happened to people in Winnipeg too. I mean, if somebody gets charged with a crime and they have the same name as you, it's like awkward. Suddenly family members are avoiding <laughs> you. They're not returning texts. I didn't do it. I swear. <laughs> it's true. And, and because it's such a small community, the odds of you knowing someone, it's, you know, you're pretty you're, good. It's not six degrees of separation here, yeah, right? I'm and so I think that that's fair. Listen, Gabby, one of the conversations we've been having today is about movies that stand the test of time. And I have to get to this because her response when we mentioned this off here, Greg, was, Are you okay if. It gets a little dark. <laughs> are you okay if we go a little dark? So, what movie? So context here. I watched this movie, I think, for the first time when I was about eight. Don't judge my parents. They believe in the classics. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho. Oh, come on, really? Yeah, I kid eight? you not. I know. It seems very young. Uh, and I think about that movie probably way too much subsequently. But the acting, Norman Bates is absolutely chilling in that movie. And so I like to rewatch it every now and then just to instill that fear within myself. <laughs> of the shower? Or <laughs> the shower, the mother, altogether. motels. It's hard to take it. Oh, my good. That's it. Here I am being traumatized all over again. <laughs> I can't believe we were just also saying, you know, you, you put these movies on from your youth for your kids and you think, wait a minute, is this appropriate? Like 20 minutes in, you can't remember. Does it have a lot of swears? Like E.T., we watched it last night with the kids. There was a couple swears that they didn't recognize because it's just not in their vernacular. And then every time there was a swear, they turn and look at me like, oh, mom's going to shut it off okay? now. And Everyone I was like, well, we're too that? late now. We've already <laughs> heard it, right? Well, I saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High for my 16th birthday. Aww. And I think there's a dramatic difference between 14 and 16. Like, there's no way my kids are watching that movie yet unless they've <laughs> already watched it which i supposed is uh one thing but on the uh, norman bates thing i was having a discussion with one of my buddies yesterday and he said doesn't jared kushner remind you a little bit of norman bates oh that's it's the hair it's yes. it's the thick brown hair that's that sort of perfectly moves? styled at all times and then the i don't want to say dead eyes am i allowed to say that about yeah. him kind of you the dead say eyes whatever you like they're, vac yeah. they're a bit, bit, bit vacant. Yeah, you know, you could get frightened by some certain set of eyes and uh, okay. leave it at that. Yeah, so psycho it is. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being fired now? You are not being fired. You can come back anytime you like, but we're going to lock you in on Friday mornings henceforth. I love it. Fun Fridays? Fun Fridays with Gabby Marchand, Global News Morning. Do we call you the anchor, the host, the co-host? Where, 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 how are we dubbing you? I hold many titles. Coffee deliverer, coffee drinker, sometimes stumbler of words. 
You know what? Whatever, we'll whatever you do, time. add extraordinaire on the end. Oh, right? extraordinaire. News anchor extraordinaire. Most definitely. Coffee deliverer extraordinaire. Now, what I do need to know is how do I get into your better books? I get a sense I'm in your good books, and we have some beverages that we have in common, but we can't drink them before work. If I'm coming to work, how, how, do, I, how do I get in your uh, good graces? I mean, yeah, we, we really can't. We make jokes because we get up at 4 a.m., so technically it's noon o'clock by about 7 a.m., mm-hmm. but, I mean, nobody wants to hear the stumbling become slurring on air, let's be honest here. <laughs> coffee? Co- coffee? Yeah, if Just we share, share, I mean, we shouldn't really share too much right now. We'll no, wipe no, it down, course. obviously, but, yeah. you know, if we can every now and then, I'll drop you a bag of chips, you drop me ba- yeah. a bag yeah. of chips. Good. Even okay, better. Forget the coffee. Let's go chips. Go chips. Or let's go get some of that really sweet creamer for the fridge. That would put you in my good book. Okay, good to know. I'm just like straight down. up, or you put that in your coffee. <laughs> just drinking shots of it. I'm like, <laughs> I can't have vodka, so I'm having this creamer for everyone. Perfect way to end it, Gabrielle. Thank you for this. Happy Friday, you guys. Have a safe and happy weekend. I'm wondering if our next guest ever gets requests for soundtracks. Barry Kay, Cherry Tree Productions. Hello. Good morning, friend. Hello. How are Good you? Good morning. Uh, you know, I'm doing really, really well, enjoying the summer. We've had some great weather and uh, just chillaxing with the family and having a great time. Well, you're not chillaxing necessarily by choice, right, Barry? This is usually the busiest time of the year. I know you're busy all the time, but this is the heart of wedding season and all so many celebrations that typically you would be the DJ extraordinaire for. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing I can really comment on that is I always wondered what retirement felt like, <laughs> and, and now I know. And um, do you like it or do you not like it? Well, you know, I enjoy uh, spending time with my wife and daughter. And, you know, we go out on the boat and on the on the jet ski and we have a great time at the lake and, and in the city and stuff. But, yeah, I uh, I miss going out and, uh, and hosting parties and creating uh, really cool memories for people. That's all kind of at a standstill. And it's also it's a position that's so very much about relationships. And we've been talking along the way about when you're not able to see people, not able to see your coworkers, or a lot of people really, you know, who are in sales or other things, it's all about those connections with their customers. And so you're missing out on the work financially. There's a financial component, of course, Barry. And then there's just your mental health. Music is so great for our mental health, but man, so are weddings and dances and bar mitzvahs and all the rest. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because with everything that's been going on, we've really had to reinvent what we do. And we there's two things that my wife and I are doing right now that are absolutely incredible. And I think they really help with that component of music and laughter and fun and uh, a little bit of an escape from what's going on. Well, that's why we wanted to talk to you today, Barry, because, uh, you know, b- beside being an admirer of your work, I-, I think we've become friends over the years and I've been watching what you've been doing. And so you are, you're transitioning and you're trying to make the most of the situation. So what are you doing on Saturday nights? Oh, so Saturday nights, um, we do an actual online virtual party. It's called On Air with Barry Kay. Um, I've taken, you know, my my past experience, my radio days. Um, of course, you know, I used to be at CJOB. I did weekend mornings, uh, DJing, weddings, socials, bar mitzvahs, uh, corporate events. And we've created this online virtual party. My, my wife and I actually uh, sat down after the first two weeks we were in lockdown and we binge watched every uh, show on Netflix. 
we wanted to do something different and something fun that people could enjoy. So we created this online um, virtual party. And what's really cool about it is the show was created and it's co-hosted by my wife, Kimmy Kay and I. And it's our complimentary personalities. I think the fun banter that we bring to the show, we feature fun facts and trivia. And it's really cool. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. Each week we create a theme for the show and we build a playlist around that. And then listeners are able to request songs and do dedications and shout outs. So we do anniversaries, birthdays, everything. It's really cool. Some of the themes that we've done already, British Invasion, 90s Country, Disco, Love Songs, Girls Night Out, Boy Bands. We even did an authentic Manitoba social complete with a raffle. And uh, one of our... Uh, a our meat, friends, uh, like a sh- meat shoulder or something like that yes. in the raffle? or And Well, it's interesting because people, we, <laughs> we created a uh, Facebook group called On Air with Barry Kay. And I, I strongly encourage everyone to join and people were taking pictures with their social meats, their kubasa, their cheese cubes, and their, their rye bread. <laughs> and, uh, and they have a party every Saturday night. It's really cool. So I wanted to, to tell you the, the prize we gave away. A friend of ours owns a, a cleaning and supply company. So we had a bottle of hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, and masks. So instead of giving away a 55-inch TV or a barbecue, <laughs> we gave away cleaning supplies. It was awesome. People like their free stuff, and they like that stuff all the more now, you Barry. Bet. Yeah, sign of the times. Good on you for this. Hey, Barry, how can people uh, get involved, and what's the theme for tomorrow night? I think I lost you there for a moment. Are you there? Oh, yeah, there we go. You're out at the lake, so uh, I'll ask it one more time. Uh, what, you, what have you got on the agenda for tomorrow night? What's the theme, and how can people participate? So tomorrow's theme is duets. So all of the duets, you know, when you take two superstars and you combine their voices to create this inspirational song. So we're going to do everything from Islands in the Stream, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, to um, from the movie Aladdin, A Whole New World. Um, Every kind of duet that's out there, country, rock, top 40 um and if you guys want to request a song you're welcome to as well they can do that on the actual uh player page which uh the site is simple it's called live.barryk.ca and also on that site there's previous shows so if you want to go back and listen to some of our past shows you can do that and it's pretty amazing Barry, thanks for your enthusiasm. Thanks for what you're doing to raise people's spirits. And we look forward to seeing you at a bar mitzvah, at a wedding, at a social uh, sooner than later. later. But uh, keep safe and say hi to Kimmy for us. Yeah, I listen, I want to tell you, I really appreciate you bringing me on uh, with you guys and supporting small businesses that have been affected by corporate. Um, also, we just want to let you know it's Saturdays from 8 to 10. Uh, that's when you can tune in and our pre-show is at seven. And I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. The pre-show. I like that. Red carpet. What did you got going on in the pre-show? Uh, in the pre-show, we just start playing music um, and it could be just about anything, just so the site could start populating. Uh, so people have a chance to to log on and get on before we actually start our show at eight o'clock. And then we do this really swanky intro uh, with some fun facts about the theme and then away we go. All and, right. uh, and it's cool. Yeah. Right on Barry okay we'll let you go get back to uh, enjoying uh, the lake and uh, cottage country and uh, you know Loren one of the uh, hallmarks of a great DJ at at an event like that is getting people on the dance Mm -hmm. floor I've been to events where Barry is DJing 
and he manages to get darn near every single solitary person on the dance floor at once. It's something I've never seen anyone manage to do, but he manages to do it. It's not just the music, right? That you have to, it's almost a buy-in at the wedding where you, the, the scene is set and you think, yeah, now this is going to be a He's night. like the pilot. And you want to be part of it. He's the Pied Piper. <laughs> I'm a terrible whistler, but that's very drawing them in. In a nice, fun way. Not in a bad Pied Piper way. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.